This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. It's Reapma. He's an idiot. The man is an idiot. And Faust. You are a waste of life and you should give up. Welcome to the program, Reetma and Faust, episode 126. I am Jake Reetma. He is Alexander C. Faust with you from the Detroit Sports Podcast Network studios. Alexander C. Faust, my friend, for now, for the time being. How are you? I'm doing great. The sun's actually out in May in Michigan, so I I can't complain about that, but that mood is quickly going to go straight to the basement. No doubt. If you saw the preview video on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network social medias, you know what we're about to get into. I brought my boxing gloves. Things could get heated, but before we get into that, fantastic show lined up for you guys. Great interview with Dan the Man Leach from 971 The Ticket. Dear friend of mine, great mentor for me over there at 971 The Ticket. And Faust, you and I were talking with John before we went on the air and mm-hmm. we covered all the bases in the interview. We had some we had some laughs, of course, at my expense, which why not? We we got into some Detroit sports stuff and also some good advice towards the end. So definitely stick around for the entire interview. It's rare that I say something is a must watch or a must listen. And obviously because it's a podcast, it's a must listen, but this really Thank you because, for specifying. Yes, yes. Dan opens up a little bit about himself. He talks about the the big four, the four main food groups That's of right. sports into the four here in Detroit. Food groups and a little advice too. Yes, a little bit of advice. So if don't you, be like me. If if Just you kidding. love Dan, if you hate Dan, if you hate us, which you probably do, listen to this because you're going to get something out of it. Uh, we we're staking our claim on it. It's a great interview. Some great content for you guys. And it's very difficult to not like someone as optimistic and True. as hopeful as Dan. The guy is has an infectious personality, and I think that comes through on the interviews. But before we get into the Dan Leach interview, which was recorded on Sunday, Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there past Sunday. Um, But since the time of Sunday when the interview was to now, a few things have happened in the great state of Michigan, most notably John Beeline making his way to the association. He'll be the new head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shocking. I was, and then of course it's, it has the shock value just because of the time of the year. It was unexpected. But then when you start to go through the layers of the decision, it makes sense. We're both in agreement with yes. that. But here's where we disagree. Oh boy. The contributing factors to why John Beeline is leaving the University of Michigan and going to the NBA. I wrote about it on 97 won the ticket. And I'm going to get my claim out there. I know you're going to come at me. And we have a great friendship. It might end at this moment. You're a big Mm -hmm. Michigan fan. I have always said I'm not a fan of Michigan or Michigan State. Go Cats. But I absolutely love and respect John Beeline, admire what he did at that program. But I think there was a number of contributing factors to why he felt this time, the time was right to leave and go to the NBA. And among them, among them, not the, but among them is the backseat that he and his program consistently took to an underachieving football program and Captain Khaki, Jim Harbaugh. I love you. I love you. you. You're one of my best friends. I appreciate that you can do this, but that is an absolute dog shit take. I will go to the grave saying it a dog shit take. It's a a terrible take. take. Yes. Because I don't even know where to start. I've got, I I am rattled. You have me rattled. It takes a lot to rattle me in the life. You get rattled easily. 
I do get rattled easily, and this is one of them. The fact that it, it, let's go to Florida, Billy Donovan, he Urban Meyer. He never he took a back seat. This is major college football. He did not take a back seat to Harbaugh in terms of if you look at Chrysler being full, the love he got, the way they traveled. Every basketball coach with a major football program will take a back seat. Now, yes, we talked about we Florida. Agree yes. on Twitter. Football Let's talk about king. Kentucky, University of Kentucky, with Josh Allen, seventh overall pick, almost went to the Lions. Would have been a dream scenario. Look, I'm bringing in your Lions for you. Appreciate that. But Kroger Field down there in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky, full this year because the team was good. This will always happen. This had nothing to do with it. It has nothing to against, do with it. No, it's zero, nothing. There's a pie chart of reasons he went to the NBA, and among them is taking it's a backseat. There are two reasons. Brendan F. Quinn and the M Live team and uh, Nick Baumgartner, the beat writer for University of Michigan football and basketball, both said this was because he doesn't want to go against cheaters, which as an Arizona fan, I understand <laughs> cheaters. The climate of college the basketball, climate of college is basketball. disgusting. And guys leaving early. I mean, Jordan Poole should never be leaving early. Iggy really shouldn't be either, but he kept having to restock the cupboard, restock the cupboard. That NBA lifestyle of the Sheraton chartered planes, Michigan can do it to a point, but nothing like the NBA. No recruiting. Michigan can't do it because they put all their eggs in the Jim Harbaugh basket. So does every other major they division. They in Jim school. Harbaugh, not John Beeline. In Nevada does. I can go through all the smaller whack schools, the Big 12, the bad Big 12 schools. They all do. You think Texas Tech with their run, they took a backseat to football. And he, Chris Beard's okay with it. Look what he did there. Who could be a target for Michigan, by the way? There's oh, the shameless stay tuned, plug. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. That'll be another fun discussion as we continue to speculate who might be the next head coach for the University of Michigan. But again, I wrote about it on 971theticket.com. You can check out that article. I truly believe that Michigan football fans or Michigan faithful in general are partly to blame for the departure of John Beeline. Can we not just think a, a 66-year-old guy only has one thing left on his basketball resume to do, coach, and potentially succeed in the But if he was treated the, the way that he w- he should have been, he should he resurrected this program. He did the work of a legend and in his 12 And he is a career. deity. There's going to be a statue out there for him. They're going to name the court after Still him. Still wasn't enough. It never will be. That's the point. So you, you, know, admit, you admit that there was a football factor. There's a football Michigan. at every major school. I already told you Florida, the entire SEC, even Kentucky, God, Big Blue Nation, God of Big Basketball. I saw a Kentucky in this football nation. play this year. At, uh, you did, and you saw the passion that they had. My own cousin, oh, yeah. who goes there, couldn't get tickets because they were actually good. They were competing for the SEC East title. Yeah, this is where we are in America. I'm not the only one that thinks this. It was actually very evident on Twitter that people were calling me a Valeni minion, which was really a nice compliment. Mm-hmm. I've worked a show twice in eight weeks or eight months, so really, right, right. really, that is a compliment. But I had my, I want this. I put it on Twitter. I had my article sent to the editor. I at can second that. One thirty-six p.m. before the Valeni show went on the air. And if anything, uh, m- most notably, the person I guess that I wouldn't say it takes stealing because I'm agreeing with them jeff rieger felt the same way and you know how much i admire jeff we, yeah jeff rieger is do. a deity to us he's a great man he's great at what he does but at the same time i really don't think this contributed to him leaving it could have been an annoyance i'll give you that but to actually right. up and leave now one question i want to ask you that i think is eating both of us alive is the fact that he's going to cleveland versus that flirting with the pistons last year another nba team is that contributing to some of the angst in the area including for you and i and you not even a michigan fan a little bit it definitely we 
talked about this with some of the friends of the program about it just adding to that sickening feeling. When I read the headline, I was just instantly shocked and had that sickening feeling. And then when you continue reading, it's going to Cleveland. That's just kind of the salt in the wound. So it, it really is. And do I see Cleveland winning, being successful? We'll find out. Tonight. We'll find out tonight. <laughs> but still, even with that, it, what is the ceiling for them? They're not going to be Milwaukee. They're also, not better than why Boston. Why didn't Beeline wait until after? The draft lottery. I mean, it would have been the difference of what forty-eight hours to wait. Isn't that a little bit of an fu to Michigan? And that's where we can't. We got to pump the brakes a little bit because no. stuff is just coming out. Never talks pump the escalated this weekend. Word Maybe vomit it happened all the time. Before hot takes, hot takes. That's hot right. Takes. Skip Word A-list. vomit all the time. But we're gonna get more into Michigan and Beeline as the. We, I mean, we got the whole month of May. We're gonna we find do. out who the next um, who the next coach of Michigan is gonna be, and that'll be a fun topic to follow along. But as promised, we've got our interview with Dan Leach. Enjoy it. It was a lot of fun getting to know Dan Leach, and I think you'll find that throughout this interview. It's Reetma and Faust, episode 126. Here's our interview with Dan Leach from Sunday. All right, fine friends. It's time for what we've been anticipating most. We've talked about it. It is finally here. Many weeks in the works here, we've got my very close personal friend from 97 Won the Ticket, none other than DTM, Dan the Man Leach, 97 Won the Ticket. What's going on? I don't know if I'd go that far and say my close personal, you know, good friend. Oh, oh, wow, already? Over no, assumption. Jake knows I love him. Listen, I, I've been excited about doing podcasts or guest spots on shows before. I don't think I've ever been less excited. I don't think I've ever been more excited. That's fair. You got a monster, though. We, no, we no. bribed you with the I'm monster. I'm going to be honest. Right. I'm going to be honest. I just met the, you know, the devil Faustian here. Mm-hmm. And I've known you for a while, Jake. I this is probably I'm not just saying this to you know blank you guys. This might be the most excited I've ever been Ooh. to do a podcast. I'm not kidding. Wow, that what? is not that is not a blank job for you. We are excited to real. completely let you down. Then, well, you but probably that's will. What we, that's, that's what we, we do. do. We want a fun. And that's what we do best. We are recording this on Sunday. It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to both of our mothers. Yes, our only two loyal listeners. And I know you already said it on the air, but a happy Mother's Day to your mother. Yeah, and my mom did was a loyal listener, and then she kind of checked out after the first two podcasts she heard. Fair but enough. No, I've met your mother. And yeah. she is quite the noble right. woman. She's a, a great lady. Game. She's yes. a great lady. Yes. I've heard that Faust's mother is kind of a jerk. Yep. But that she's an amazing woman, too. So happy Mother's Day to her. Well, both of our mothers kind of raised each other uh, in really? beautiful Midland, Michigan. So, in terms of raising, he, my mother raised him, his mother raised me. I was called Kramer in the Reap House. There's nothing yeah. better than that. Yeah. So you guys have known each other for a long time. Forever, long time. forever. Faust would come barreling into our house. Unannounced. Just like Kr- unannounced, just like Kramer on Seinfeld. <laughs> Was there was there like was there like you know well, audience it, applause? It wasn't really audience applause. It was more of a groan, and then but there was a <laughs> plate a for me. There yeah. was a plate for me, like a booing. And if I may oh. say, you know, I just actually talked to my mom before we we started doing this. Uh, Without my mother, and we all know without our moms in general, physically we could be born. True. Unless there's some He's you know man baby out there, but my mom has been a huge part. Of not just obviously my life, but my broadcasting career, and it seems like your moms are very similar in so that way. Supportive. My mom has come to you know games I was calling in college. She she drove to Toledo to see me do the Mid American Conference tournament when I was like a sophomore in college. She's been she you maybe the Super Bowl in, in uh, Phoenix when I covered it on Radio Row. I think that moms, especially in the field that we're in, 
in broadcasting and obviously in sports as well. They're just a driving force, so I can't thank my mom enough. And all the wonderful moms out there, hopefully some listening right now, aside from your two. We yes. are pro-mom podcast. I hear you guys demo really well with moms. Pro we do. Mom we do. But it's Rima and Faust. It's episode 126. Dan Leach from 97.1 The Ticket. Wait, so there's been 125 episodes yeah. of this? Yes. Jeez. I know. Hard to believe we haven't given up yet. You I wish shocked. you could see how we started in a basement, hanging blankets from a ceiling just to make the sound sound a I little better. I heard you guys started a van down by the river. Oh, it yeah. was a basement. Pretty much. Pretty much. Roughly the same thing. We've done episodes when we just to be able to record them when Faust was traveling for work, he called me from the airplane because we had to have their episode turned in. Too, <laughs> we were, yeah, we're circling Detroit, Wayne, Detroit Metro, and because we couldn't land DTW, for some reason, baby. DTW. So we're, I'm sitting in first class, not a big deal. Sick Go ahead, brag, yep, sick, sick break, not a big deal. <laughs> sitting in first class, Snapchat called them. We did the first segment of the show. I mean, name another podcast that's doing it live over DTW. Dedication. Yeah, uh, that's what we do. Maybe, you can't find one. I would say the, maybe the maybe Joe Rogan. Oh, that's probably it. Or did he think he was and no, he was on some? No one has ever Snapchat called in from a plane in a podcast. We like Great that. Audio it's history. Great yeah, audio history. quality. But Faust, I promised you you could ask the first question to our guest Dan the to Man a celebrity Leach, because I oh true celebrity, true yes. celebrity, a beloved yes. individual, no doubt, especially yeah. in these parts. But I have, people have told me I've saved their life before, so I mean it's a pretty big deal. That Ooh. is a big deal. The privilege and the pleasure of working with Dan regularly at ninety seven. The one, the ticket. 97, and, the one, what are you, Wojo? <laughs> but 97, the one. We start talking to each other in Wojoisms. Comerica's Park, Daniel. Yeah, I James. told him, by the way. That's a gonna, tribute. That's a tribute. Yeah, yeah, I was giving him some feedback for uh, your guys' Follow for, feedback. The previous, like, 120 episodes I listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I listened to a few of them, and I said, no more Comerica's Park. <laughs> we can't. It's, it's Wojo's fault. We can't. I mean, yeah, it's all I think. I think, I think Wojo gets in trouble for saying Comerica's Does he really? Park. Oh, okay. Well, well that, that means people are listening to him. Nobody's listening to us. So oh, except for our mothers. Listen, except after, after mothers. the Leech episode airs, there's going to be a lot of people. Sky We're going to bump in the data. So what is this first sizzling question? I've been waiting to ask this. Yes, you know I am bisexual. Okay. No, no, perfect. Well, we're going to have a really good time now. Turn the lights out. All right. But all right. We'll edit that. We out. talked about Jake produces your show very often. You work together a lot. Yeah, we luckily do get to work together a lot. Yes. What is the dumbest thing? He's done producing your show. That's what. That's all I want. How I want Jake to mistakes. We got all time <laughs> oh, in the world. Oh, Let's yeah, do it. All right. Jake, Jake's so dumb. No, okay. Listen. Full disclosure. Jake is a great chap. I love him. Uh, he really is. You know. And I just met you, but I can already tell I love you too. Good. Jake. You know, is a passionate guy. He loves the. He loves sports. He loves this business. He wants to be successful. So that. You know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of giving him a little pub here That's before great, I rip but him he down. Can't, he, it's great to want no, to, but you got to actually be there. Listen, to, Jake, which is Jake is not bad by any means, but I. <laughs> When it comes to running my shows, and, and listen, we've done, a, Jake, you and I have talked about this. Uh, we've done a lot of great shows together, a lot of shows that have been funny, a lot of shows that have been serious and, and heartfelt, and a lot of shows during some breaking news, which are very important shows to do. But there's one thing that, that Jake seems to not be able to ever fix, and I keep telling him <laughs> that he's great at all these other things, and that if, if he can just become the best producer... He could be that everything else will come. You know mm-hmm. where they you know where they didn't teach me how to produce? At Northwestern McGill School for fifty thousand a year. Uh yeah, fun fun fact about me. I went to the Medill School of you know How much you spend uh, on that five hundred grand a year? Nah, nah, not enough. Not enough. But so so Jake does all these great things, comes up with great topics, and I, I do a bunch of games on my show. I do these things called the list or are you smarter than Dan Leach or you know, Leach versus List, all these different things that Jake does a great job on. And and I actually I will tell one quick thing before I get to the other thing that you always mess up the most. 
we do this thing called a list where you have to guess back and forth between me and the listeners. <laughs> like, let's say, for example, the, the last 25 Super Bowl MVPs. So I told Jake early on we worked together. I'm like, listen, come up with a list. I can't know what it is. Make it, make it guessable. Jake's now playing me on the show while we're doing the podcast. Inception of podcast. From his phone. Yeah, yeah it's like a Christopher Nolan uh, bit yeah. there. Memento going backwards. So I said, Jake, listen, I trust you. Come up with a good topic, good guessable topic. The one thing you can't do is go on and say where you got it from because people will cheat. So, of course, the second he goes on, he's like, oh, we got a list of the most, uh, Is that you know, how I talk to uh, Yeah. Hi, I'm Jake Reba. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, the topic tonight is the show. most valuable uh, sports franchises worldwide, <laughs> and I got it from <laughs> businessinsider.com. So, I just literally, five seconds before that, said, Jake, the only thing you can't do is tell him the source. Oh source out there. Oh, my God. But, no, I, I, well, I'm but talking... that seems like a Northwestern thing. Oh, that's source your word. That's, that's what he what said. He's like, it's hey, Big Jake. Hey, McDilly told me to say no, my source. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Jake, I get it, but I just told you not to do that. But I wish we got to give a visual because it was, I mean, as soon as I said it and the look on Did your you walk face, out of the studio? I, I would have kicked him out. I, I never get mad. Like you guys that. should have a penalty box there. We really probably should. Actually, what we should have is we should have like some kind of like a. Not like an actual stick, but we should have like some kind of blow-up stick where I can just bang him on the head. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want to hurt the guy. Right. Like a shot I'm not a collar. violent person. No, some kind of shot But I never really, Faust, I never get mad. So, I mean, I just, you should have seen the look. It was a bad look. But like, I'm like, I ju- literally just told you. It'd be like saying, <laughs> all right, you can't say the word ratatouille. Uh, so Dan, I just wanted to tell you, me and Ratatouille, what are you doing? <laughs> like literally within a second. It wasn't that bad. There was a couple of commercials in between. Did any callers, like, did they just look it up and bam, got the list? But that's my thing. It's 2019. Oh yeah, a bunch Pe- of people. People can okay. cheat if they want to. I know, but Jake, if you give them a reason to cheat, I still try they're going to gonna cheat even more. You should. Yeah. But I love how excited the Northwestern thing. I'm like, hey, don't be an idiot. That's what they always do. Hey, they told me to sign my oh, I went to Medill. All right, even But that wasn't, that wasn't the bad thing. That's, oh, that's, no. that was, that was Yeah, he was setting it up, Jake. This is what Jake needs to work on. I didn't plan on spending 15 minutes on I this. I told you Let's I wanted to make it 20. But Jake, if people listen to 97 on the ticket, which I know everybody does, uh, you know that we'll, you know, we'll do our segment and then we'll say what's coming up next or whatever and we'll say 97.1 and then we go right to break. I think if I timed Jake overall through his history oh, as up. a producer at 97.1, his reaction time to play what's called a liner, where it like goes right to the break, yeah. would probably be 6.5 seconds. You should do it at about a half a second. You're 0.4 off. But Jake is 6.5. <laughs> now, he's gotten, he, he's done it's that It's like times. my 40 time at Northwood. That's, I, true. I never That's ran, true. That like, He's consistent with his times. Yes. Earlier on, like when me and Jake first started working together, I'd be like 97.1. I'd be like, meh, meh. And then they play. <laughs> or remember? <laughs> so there was never. Oh my! Jake. Remember when? <laughs> okay, when we gotten better. When we come back from break, there's supposed to be you know there's a bumper music yeah. and there they usually play like a highlight oh, yeah, or something. I this one. one of the first nights I ever worked, and the worst part is it was at the very end of his show, so the morning crew was all around. Oh and, no! And Jam Sam, who we haven't mentioned Jam yet, Squatch. but Jamie Samuelson, host Cats. of one of the morning show or one of the morning shows, host is there, and I'm wanting to impress him and everything, and and Dan puts talks into the talkback. Okay, let's go straight to me after this break, which straight to me. I'm like, oh, all right. So I don't know why in my my 
stupid. By the way, let me just explain. Straight to me means like no highlight. Yes, like no, we're going. No it's sound. Dan. It's Dan. It's commercial it's music Dan. and it's yep. right to me. Let's I go. thought, I just, I don't know what clicked in my head, but I just thought, okay, take out the liner. Take out the bumper. Oh, so no. it went from last commercial to just silence. Just dead air. Dead air. The and, worst thing in radio. And I go, and I give oh, him the God. point like, you're on. And it's just silence when it's supposed to <laughs> and be And there like, was ah. another time, there was another, I'm not trying to pile on Jake here. This was a long time ago. Well, so I've done much some better. good things. There was Another time where I said straight to me, he played an update bed, <laughs> which which had which wasn't even supposed to, like it wasn't an update period of time. I'm like Jake, just go straight to me. He's like, Daddy, here's the sports headlines. All right, all right, but let me just back myself up because every now and then, slash every time you're doing a show, what do you do? You come barreling in, similar to Kramer. We've talked about Kramer on the show. That's where we relate to You come yeah. barreling yeah. into the production room. And, hey, I, I need like four things cut up. I need a list. We're gonna do this at 1:45, and we're gonna do a one-on-one. And I'll never forget your. Combine show. It oh, was the combine show was the weekend sick. of the combine. You're like, Jake, 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 here's I got a good idea. We're, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get audio from everybody's forty yard dash. Yes. I want Wait, audio of the forty yard dash. That was a Fithian idea. That wasn't my idea. You had me cut up the audio of forty yard dash. Right. So here's what it sounds like. That was Fithian. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Yeah, guess what? I love Dennis. He's my favorite guy. Always, always has been. We both agreed that we wanted to talk like forties. And here's that was Noah a Fon. fifth idea. I didn't go to you for the audio. Yeah, but, but you forgot what the most important part of that day was. What was the most important part of that day? What I did forget I do? the most important part of everything. Oh, you ran a 40-yard dash yourself. I have. Yes. The 97 won the ticket, 40-yard dash record. I'm the only one that's ever ran it. But I ran it at 6.0. That's true. Which wasn't terrible. That's we better had, than Eisen's first one. What we do, yeah, way, way better. What we did is we set up, we had Country Joe. He's a, one of our top promotions guys for one of the, uh, I think all the stations actually. And we kind of share the different jobs here. So he actually measured it off, did scotch tape on the ground in, because it was like, I think it was raining that day, so we could do it outside. And we measured it off in front of the studio, all the way down to the other edge where like the breeze, 98.7, the breeze is. And 50 and me were supposed to do it against each other. Love it. Dennis decided, he's like, you know what? I'm going to save it for my pro day. I'm like, save it for your pro day. But I think Dennis has, Dennis has had some knee injuries, so he didn't want to like worry about getting himself Safety hurt. First, Broadcasting yeah, the but I had a sizzling, and I'm yeah. not in the great shape that I used to be. I'm trying. I'm working on it. But I ran a sizzling 6.0. Woo! I mean, about, think about it. You know, Faust, who else would have beaten me in the ticket? You wouldn't know by, by looking at him. But Faust, big big dude, he was a kicker in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Faust is in good shape. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah shape CrossFit. You. I don't no know doubt. if you've ever heard of it. Sick. Yeah, Similar to the way I deal. talk about Northwestern, he talks about CrossFit. CrossFit which well, is but you don't join CrossFit unless you talk about CrossFit. Well, I have a friend that does CrossFit, and I have a girlfriend that does CrossFit, and literally it has taken over their lives. Yes. Yeah. So they it's need to cult. move on and find right. something else. There's more things in the world than CrossFit. Like, I think that this one girlfriend of mine, listen, she's gone through the ringer. She got divorced, and she has kids and stuff. She looks great now. Not that she was out of shape or anything, but I think that literally every day she posts about 15 CrossFit pictures. Oh, that's the best. I'm kind of done with it. But does the workout count unless it's on Instagram? No, it doesn't. Right. Okay, so. It's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, do you hear the sound? Bingo. Absolutely not. But we're going to get into some sports here. Oh, we are? Yeah, we've been going. I'm out of time. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, good talking to you, Dan. Thanks for your input. But we want to, as one of the one and only legendary... Back of Budo might say we want to cover all uh, four, you know, uh, all four, four food groups. groups here. We're going to talk a little lions, <laughs> carrots, and we're going to talk Metamucil. a little pistons, and we're going to get all four food groups in here. But this is the first I've actually had the chance to talk to you, and obviously it's been a couple of weeks now. But you're a huge Lions fan. Everybody knows that you 
unlike anybody else, can see an optimistic point of view better than anyone I know. Holly. It is kind of amazing. And it's, it's sincere. It's not fake. I was just going to say, I'll tell anybody that asks, you are the exact same person off air as you are on air. Not everybody can say that. You, you don't are, hide from your fanhood either. I can't. And you are the most I positive know, person. I know no other way to be. And I'm saying all this mostly because it sets up that not even you, not even the biggest Lions fan I know, was extremely pleased with what went on during the draft. No, Why and, and listen, okay. You know, it's one of these things where I do believe, you know, that Bob Quinn, we actually just talked about this on my show today with Dennis Fithian. I, I do believe Bob Quinn has made the kind of moves that will hopefully move this team to a long-term viable period of contention, which he said from day one, I'm going to build this team from the lines out. I want this team to have the right kind of character guys. I want this team to, this team to be successful in a long-term way instead of being good for one year, bad for three, good for two, bad for seven. But this draft, and this is four, this is four drafts. This draft to take a tight end who could end up being phenomenal. I mean, TJ Huggins is an amazing prospect, a great blocker, had a great combine. Iowa's tight end you. I mean, you look at Dallas Clark, you look at, uh, you know, Kittle and Caboodle. Don't forget Noah Fant dropped a pass in overtime against my Wildcats at Ryan Field. You know what I was doing for that game? I was holding the cords for the Big Ten Network camera sidelines. Did you realize how ridiculously, you know, little of a deal that was? Uh, In your opinion. Because well, when we broke it down on our podcast, the view he had, I, was right I there. tell you, yeah, he was there. I was there. right there. He Ho- saw all I had all to it. do was hold the cords for the main sideline camera guy for Big Ten Network. Oh, I was just saying the job itself wasn't a big deal. No. The, the view is great. Right, oh, right. it's best. I'm just giving Jake our time. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, yep. Was that when you were in school? Yeah, yep. At, uh, it was actually really neat. Anytime there was a game on Big Ten Network, ESPN, they would they would hire Northwestern students to do kind of odd. So you got paid like for that. that? Yeah, we got paid to watch kinda the game. Cool. What was the uh, what kind of cash you get there? Oh, better than ninety seven with the ticket. But you know what? That's was it per game? Out. Yeah, it was just totally. My per guess game. is fifty bucks a game. Oh, double that, baby! Hundred smack. Yeah, you got to think about smackers. the taxes in Illinois. You sure, know. that's like fifty monsters. But a pregame Whoa. and a pregame meal, which of course Northwestern oh, is always good. playing at noon. Which is that is why 11 you got o'clock. into broadcasting, Dan, for the meals? Because that's much. why it seems Jake did. That was the only reason yeah. I worked for the Bulls. I've talked to you about that. The media meal at the United Center would count as my grocery shopping for the week. It well, the media so meal good. at LCA for the Pistons, which by the way is free, you've got to pay for the wings, you've got to pay for the Tigers. Ford Field's free, but the one, and I think it's an NBA thing. I think the NBA doesn't make people pay. Right, you don't pay in Chicago. At LCA, like it's uh, the food there is ridiculous. That's what I've heard. We're yes. talking prime rib, roast beast, Ooh. pizza, hot dogs, coney dogs, chicken fingers. Sometimes you have like fine tenderloin. Ooh. They've always got like a you know a chicken dish and vegetables and stuffed chicken. It's crazy. Yeah, I would always Sick. ask people the important questions that were traveling with the media where the best place to eat was outside of the United Center as far as NBA media meals. And LCA came up consistently. Sure. The best is when I was on the road calling Detroit Titans games and I had a per diem because I could go get my crab legs oh, and my oysters. Yeah, okay. I never, I never made the pay for like like I would always spend a reasonable amount of money. I was spending. I think that I got like I don't know forty dollars whatever it was. But if I went and wanted to get like lobster, I would just pay extra myself. It was the greatest. Like when I was in Rhode Island, I had to get you know lobster. When I was in you know Cleveland, I got like whatever the specialty in Cleveland was. You're cultured. You're a big food yeah, guy. Yeah, in Florida, I'm getting my, you know Ooh. fish. When I would travel, when I would travel with Northwestern baseball, we would get a per diem. 
and I would I would I would fast and just save the money because I you would fast. I wouldn't eat, so I would. Well, how do you think it got that body? Too? I would I would not eat and just take the money home with me, and then I'd think, <laughs> oh man, I'm a professional broadcaster. I'm getting paid to broadcast these games. How about some ramen, man? Plus just throwing in like a couple of ramen packs. I will say one time I bought beer with it when Northwestern was at Central Michigan, beautiful Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Mm, great and, casino up there. Yes, yes, Soaring Eagle. That's that's a very that's in our backyard. But all right, back to back oh, no, to sports. So back to my point about the lines. You know, I, I look at, you know, Hawkinson as being a great prospect. The Lions had the worst tight end core in the NFL last year. Daryl Bevel, the new coordinator, you know, fo- like he did in Seattle, focuses on the 12 personnel with two tight ends and a single running back set or two running backs, whatever you want to, you know, look at to help this offense be the exact opposite of what it was last year with the tight ends. But if you go back in the last 40 years, there have been four tight ends now. The Lions have t- drafted two of them that have been taken in the top 10. Kellen Winslow was okay for a minute. Um, I mean, I would say it was a total bust, taking six overall. Vernon Davis had a couple good years. Early. But overall, bust six overall. Yes. When you look at that draft, there were so many other players that the Niners could have taken there. We know that Ebron was a total bust, at least here in Detroit. He's doing great in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck probably favors tight ends more than any other, aside from Brady and Grock in the Easily NFL. Easily knows how to use a tight end better yeah. than anybody else. And then the Lions take Hawkinson. So while the idea down the road might end up working out, it was terrible with obviously Josh Allen dangling in front of them, who is my all-time number one since this draft process started back last year, and obviously the Jags ended up snatching him up. Then in the second round, and I know that the, the Bob Quinn will say, Patriots loved him, other teams zeroing in on him. When you take Hawaii five zero, Jelani Tavai, who most people <laughs> didn't even have a draft profile on. ESPN, ESPN didn't, didn't have anything. Yeah. They didn't have video on him. Nothing. 80 to 90 or 100 spots higher than you could have gotten him allegedly. It makes you look like you're not having a good draft. That being said, and I once, I once again, this is I am still all in with Bob Quinn. This is the year, though, where that could change. This is four drafts. If Hawk and Tavai end up being wasted picks, we might not know for two years anyway, or three years. Well, we can't. I'm glad you said that because one thing you said early with the draft when you were doing draft shows, you don't do grades right away. No, you so can't. It takes two or three years. No, it can't. So we have to wait. <laughs> To judge this class, you're 100. percent Okay, you, good. You start judging the classes that you know when you go back to the Glasgow year, the first yep. year when you go back to you know Tease Tabor and Tracy Walker and Jared Davis a couple years ago. I thought last year's draft was excellent. Value all up and down the you know the the, the lines five picks. So it's it's about in year four making decisions that will set you up for the future. And while. Hawk and, and Tavai, and I love the the third round on. Will Harris and Oruarie, he might be the steal of the draft. I love what they did, and Austin Bryan from Clemson, defensive end. But when you start with reaches, and I'm not saying Hawk's a total reach like Tavai was, but a tight end in the top ten's a reach. The game is changing, though, and the Lions could end up being ahead of the curve. We'll see. But this team has got to move forward. And when I say move forward this year, that means marked improvement. That means, I'm not saying playoffs are bust, but they won six games last year and actually it's kind of howl because the Packers, that last game, didn't really Doesn't matter. Really count. Cost right. the Lions Josh Allen, in my opinion. Um, but if they are an 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven team, and you could just see, not just based on the metrics, but the eye test, and they're in most of their games, and they're beating teams like Kansas City at Ford Field and the Chargers, and they're competing with Green Bay and Chicago. That's one thing. If they go backwards again, and they win three, like a lot of Lions fans that I talked to on 97-1, three wins, four wins. Now, no, there's some no. of those guys are Lions and girls are Lions haters. 
But if they win three, four, mm, or five haters, games, what would that? Sound you're like? sitting in the room with the biggest Lions hater, and I can't even say yeah, four wins. You're wearing a Titans. Uh, yeah, the, the team with uh, three Army straight Titans winning shirt. seasons. The, the team with they're Marcus irrelevant. Are they what have they done? Well, let's see. They went to Kansas City, won a playoff game on the road, and now Marcus Mariota has the same playoff wins the Lions do in yeah, the last six. So does Mark years. Sanchez. So, so does, here we go. So does Blake Bortles. Right. He has more. But okay, listen. This has got to be a year of marked, marked improvement. Team's got to go forward. They got to buy into Patricia. He has no more excuses. He's got his own coordinators, which is weird that he waited on Jim Bob Cooter to fire him. Quinn's got his own coach. So all this is on the table. We know that it's, you know, back when I was a kid, and I'm obviously a little older and wiser than you guys, obviously. you know, the Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry era, Bill Cowher, whatever. You could have bad years. You were given time, five, six years yes. sometimes. You had Thomas Sula. You had Steve Wilkes last year. Get fired in one season. You know, if Kitchens, let's say Kitchens in Cleveland, Cook in the Kitchens, has a bad year with all their expectations, maybe he gets fired. So you don't have the kind of time you used to. But you do have a, a GM that's better for four years. He hired his guy. If they go backwards, there's a lot of trouble in paradise. I don't see that happening. I think this team will move forward. I'm still a Stafford guy. This is probably the last chance for him to, to prove to me this year with a new offense. And having a legit running game, having an offensive line that's worth its salt, having tight ends, that if he doesn't completely rebound and have a comeback year, I'm not saying like comeback player of the year, but pretty close to that, then I might be off the Stafford train too. And then if you know that I'm off of that, and I'm off of Quinn, and I believe the Lions are going backwards, then this team is in big trouble. Because I am, like Jake said, I, there's really no one as hopeful, and sometimes it's in my own detriment, or as in belief the Lions are moving forward, at least it works here, than me. And that could be, I could end up looking like a genius or an absolute moron. Either way, I am a moron, but that's no, part of the charm. That. But no, I really do believe the Lions are building talent, signing free agents like Trey Flowers and Coleman and Jesse James, drafting guys like Glasgow and Ashawn Robinson and Deshaun Hand, and obviously Kyrian Johnson and Galladay and many others. I believe this team has got more talent and set up for the future, better than they've been, probably since the Wayne Fonts era. And I could end up looking like a moron when I say that, or I could be right. And we'll see in the next, I say, year or two if I'm right or not. Well, and quickly, before Jake asks a question here, you put the Wayne Fonterra over the Bobby Ross era. 100%. Okay. That, I want, they I went to the playoffs four or five years with the NFC title game. I, I now they had Barry Sanders, best running back ever, well, pure running back ever. And actually, this, this brings me to another point, Jake. So Dan talks about if the team is close, right? We know the NFL, all three of us, very well. Close games are the NFL. That's part of Especially the Especially in this era of parity in the last 20 yes. years. So if they go 9-7 and seven in a very tough decision, division, which could be third or fourth place, yeah. is that a step forward to Dan? 100%. Good question. 100%. Okay. And that's the thing. It's okay, listen. It's it's one of these things where we have all these teams going worst to first and first to worst and all that stuff. It's a true era of parity in the NFL more than any other sport. If the Lions division, which I think has gotten much tougher, I'm not buying the Vikings. I think this is our last chance. And if they have a bad year, Zimmer probably gets fired and maybe Rick Spielman as well, their GM. The Bears obviously multiple, you know, completely improved with Cleo Mack and Trubinsky in his second year last season. Packers are kind of an enigma in a way. They've got the best quarterback ever, talent-wise, in Aaron Rodgers. Brady's the best quarterback in NFL history for what he's done. But I, I think even Brady has admitted, he said that if Aaron Rodgers played for the Patriots, he'd throw for 70 touchdowns, have 10 right. Super Bowls. So I, the Packers had a great draft and good offseason. The whole division new got coach, back. New coach. Yeah, new coach as well. Second about his right. got a Gleak guy. Because McCarthy in the end and him and Rodgers were button heads and that team was going backwards. So the division's gotten better. But if the Lions go, you know, 8-8, eight and eight, not a strong 8-8, eight and eight, or 9-7, and seven, miss the playoffs, even if they finish third or fourth, 
in the NFC North, but you can just see that they are ready to take that huge step forward. The way Seattle was early on with Pete Carroll, the way uh, that Pittsburgh was early on with Mike Tomlin. This is a team that has had a history of no history in the last, you know, 20 or whatever years. And actually really going back to 63 years. Well, that's, they, they were successful in the early nineties. You know, what's the NFC title game? They were a game away from the Super Bowl. But since then, aside from the, the playoff years here and there, they have not really had a team that would make you feel good about their long-term viable ability to contend. That's what this team has to do. And if they don't, and Martha Ford and the rumors are, you know, she, Bob Rodwood said to that meeting of fans or whatever, that she's getting impatient, the whole thing will get blown up. She's not going to be as patient as her husband was. That, I hope, is the case. But this team, I think, is going to be a lot better than people think it will be this year. Their win total in Vegas is 6.5. If they win seven games, that's a failure. They've got to go 8-8, eight and eight, a strong 8-8, eight and eight, marked improvement, or better. Lose a for, few close games over Yeah, I mean, if they lose a close game to the Chiefs or lose on the road a close game to the Packers, their first five weeks is brutal. They yes. go 2-4 and four in their first six weeks. They could still have a chance at the playoffs. But if they go like 0-4, 1-5, it's over. So this is a very, very key start to the year and a very, very key year for the Lions, I think, the next five or six years in their future. All right, a couple more minutes left. I want to get you out the door. I don't want to keep Mrs. Leach waiting too long. For you, anything. Oh, wow, look at that. We said, I heard you had some really big questions. We said we're going to cover the oh, four major food uh, groups. Yeah. Yeah. And you've talked about hope, some optimism, a franchise I am actually optimistic about and hopeful in. Our beloved Detroit Red Wings. Sure. We haven't had a chance to talk about it since the big news. Obviously, Stevie Y is in town. Wait, Stevie Y is coming back? No He's way. back. breaking news. I can't believe Where it. were you when? In my opinion, more importantly, Ken Holland is gone. How do you feel about the Red Wings moving forward? What's the timeline? Well, I'm going to start with the Ken Allen thing. I think I'm not saying you feel this way. I think the people that are like good riddance and you know opening the door and pushing them out are being completely you know, unfair and crass. Ooh, we talked about this. Ken Holland was a part of four Stanley Cups. Three as the regular general manager, one as the associate. Has he made some boneheaded moves? Has he had bad contracts? You want Franzen letting Hosa go? Of course. But to not give that guy who has presided over one of the great periods in hockey history as the general manager, his due on the way out, as he goes to, you know, hang out with Connor McDavid and that sad sack Edmonton team, I think it's a disservice to the Red Wings. That being said, it's time to move on. I was totally fine with that. I didn't think Stevie Y was coming back this year. I thought he was going to wait one year and then come back next season. But the timing couldn't be more perfect. He's going to complete control of the team. There's no Ken Holland in the big GM box in the sky. You look at the this team, as you mentioned, as far as prime for success, I think the Lions still are close. They have a chance. But between the Pistons and the Tigers and the Lions – the brightness of the future right now for me is highest with the Red Wings. I've That's been on that for about two years. You look at what they've got with Zadina, who was a total luck pick based on where they got him, and getting you know Rasmussen and Anthony Cu and Larkin and Chalowski and Hironik and all these young players. If they can, I know Jimmy Howard was signed for two more years, and I like Jimmy. I've always enjoyed covering him, but he's not the goaltender of the future. You got to no. find your Bennington. You got to find your Jonathan Quick. Someone for the future. If they can find the right goaltender. And they can work on, on filling the blue line because the defense has been garbage at times in the last couple of years. And we'll see if Blaschel's the right guy or not. I like Blaschel, and they, they extended him as well. I think this Red Wings team in two seasons, one more this year and one more, going into 2021-2022, cannot just be a contender in the East, 
but could be possibly a contender for the Stanley Cup Whoa. if this team has the kind of talent I believe they're building. They still have draft friend. picks. We'll see what they do this year. They're not going to get Kako or Jack Hughes, I don't think, but unless some, some teams are crazy. It have to be a drive. miracle. Yeah. There's no way it's going to happen. And going w- Wings fans should be rooting for San Jose because, as we talked about on your show yeah. today, because of the Nyquist trade, if San Jose reaches the Stanley Cup Finals, that conditional pick becomes a, a second-round second yes. pick. But with Stevie Y and the track record he's proved in Tampa Bay and what he means to the city, and how he's done things with Team Canada as the executive there for their you know Olympics and other uh, you know runs they've gone on in international hockey. He's the right guy. It's the perfect time. And I think when you look at the Red Wings and what they've got, they still obviously need more pieces. But you've got a lot of talent there. And you find and identify that goaltender of the future, and you make some good offseason acquisitions, and guys for the blue line, and obviously some more you know goal scorers. You're going to have a, a Wings team that could be kind of how Carolina went on a run this year that starts as a team that's kind of an afterthought and is good enough to make it to a conference finals and then be a, a threat for the next several years. They're young. They get hot. Yeah. Hey, Sergey Bobrovsky, if we're going to talk about goalies, has his uh, condo up in Columbus for sale. Maybe. Maybe. He's a possibility. There you go. There you go. Let's start, it, let's start spreading that rumor right might now. Might as well. On, on Reed and Faust. Yeah. Faust. Even to go further than that, I, I like a Bobrovsky. And, you know, you look at someone, uh, you know, obviously you, someone like uh, – Biddington, it came out of nowhere in a way mm-hmm. for the St. Louis Blue or for the um why am I forgetting the team right now? The, no, the Blues. Benny yeah, because yeah, he, he replaced Jake Elliott, who at right. five million may be available as well. Yeah, this but you've got I think it's gonna be someone off the radar. Because you you look at hockey and and I'm not saying that Jonathan Quick and Corey Crawford came out of nowhere, but in a way they did because it wasn't like they were looked at as the, the next big right. Ed Belfour's Grand Fears, Tuka Rask, whatever. You've got to identify, and the Wings don't unfortunately have anyone really in the system right now. Uh, I know that there's people, I actually know that Tyler Parsons' father, he's in the flame system. And you got guys like that that could end up, when they finally get their shot, being locked down, you know, head over heels, goaltenders. That's what you've got to find. It might be someone, Bobrovsky would be great. But a lot of times it's finding someone that no one's talking about. That's what the Wings have to look for. But I love what they're doing youth-wise, getting Stevie Y in there. you got to see if Blasso's the right kind of coach. I like him. I think he's done a great job. Well, you would think had. Stevie Y signed off on it if he was going to Oh, 100%. In There's no job. way that Stevie Y comes in, right. like maybe Bob Quinn and the Lions fans think, and then they said, oh, you got to keep Caldwell. I think that, that he likes Jeff Blaschel. Mm-hmm. You know that he's got a connection to the young players. He was the Grand Rapids coach. He knows how to deal with these guys. I think he gets the most out of his players based on who he's got right now. But, you know, that's, it's a question mark as far as going forward. Now we're going into a, you know, in a rebuild and hopefully through a rebuild. You got to make sure that he's the coach for the future. And I think that Stevie Y will identify that. So it's one of those things where I think the future for this team is very, very bright. Like the ceiling is very, very high. But you've got to see, like the Lions we talked about, marked improvement this coming season where I believe they can make the playoffs. The year after that where I believe they can be in the race for maybe the division or or close to it. And then three years from now, a legit cup contender. At least a fringe to a legit competition. You're in the playoffs and competing. You're maybe winning a yeah, first-round I think this series. team needs to be in the playoffs next year based on what they have. Wow. I, like I, that. I don't think that missing the playoffs would be an abject failure. 
But based on what they've got now and more draft picks and, you know, getting the Rasmussen's and the other guys up and the Zanina's up, I think the, the playoffs definitely need to happen in 2021. You got time? Or, I'm sorry, 2020. You got time for one more question? Yeah, I thought we have two more. We got a couple more. I mean, if, I mean we could go all day. We, really, this, we is could, our, so, this is our honor. But I want I want you guys a couple more. Respect for Mrs. Leach. I want to get you out on the door, get you out the door on this because there's one chance for you to come completely clean. Um, <laughs> a lot of people know Dan and I have the privilege and opportunity to work a lot of holidays together. Heck yeah. Um, we, I know, I know we did a show. Um, God, my first day here was like Memorial Day and Labor Day or Labor Day. It was a very emotional show. Yeah, absolutely. Time. But, the, the fallen. Absolutely. Also Christmas and so on and so forth. But most, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Yes. Most notably Thanksgiving. And recall Thanksgiving 2018, an email went out to all Entercom employees requesting that the turkey be returned to its rightful no. spot. I know. First off, there was no email that was sent yes, out. Yes, there was. I never saw an there email. There was an email about a missing turkey, yeah, and but, a rumor quickly spread right. around from the, our brother station, WWE. By the way, by the way, let me back you up here, and I'll say exactly what happened. First off, that, that email was not about a turkey. It was about candy. I, I had taken so I seen the email. Yeah, the email was about candy from another station, <laughs> which I did not take. People thought that, that was me. Okay, let but on well, Thanksgiving, you're burying the lead. The no, lead I got. Here. I'm coming to the Thanksgiving story. There were there. Okay, listen. So I was here on Thanksgiving. There was a meal provided by our, a good friend of mine. I won't, in the case I don't want to, you know, have me say who it was. It was someone that we work with here at another station. Rumor had it Dan had taken that the I'd, turkey. I walked out with the, the turkey. That is completely false. What happened was, <laughs> is I, I a lot of times we have really great meals here, and they get thrown out, and I hate seeing that. Yeah, you don't. I like used to live that. at a hotel for a while, so I'd bring food home and give it to the people that worked at the hotel, and I just hate food going to waste. So I thought it was in the fridge. We have a fridge here in the, the front of the studio. And I thought the same thing would happen. It was like 6, 7 o'clock on Thanksgiving. But there were still people coming in that needed to get some food. So there was turkey slices, smoked turkey slices. And I took, I would say, half of the, what was left, whatever it was, and some other of the sides. So there was some truth to the rumor. Well, yeah, but I didn't walk out with a full turkey. <laughs> That's what I There was no full turkey. <laughs> I'm picturing a full turkey. It was the turkey. second turkey trot in Detroit Like that two day. butterballs. Yeah, I yeah. do think the idea, and like everyone was coming up to me, like a lot of our other producers, Leach, did you walk out with a turkey? I'm like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it snowballed. I do love the idea of that. But the email you're referring to was about like candy that was left on, I think it was our friend, um... Was it Jason, one hundred pound cowboy? Someone, someone sent an email out. Oh, you're friends with everybody. I know. So they, well, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, saying that there was some candy on our podcast that was that was True. left for a client or something, and someone took it. And you guys all thought, oh, maybe it was Leech. That <laughs> wasn't me. But there was no email about the turkey. I was, I was, I dealt with that like off the radar. I but see. I did end up buying to make up for that. that was nice I did buy that department Christmas dinner. And you don't even want to know how much it costs. Expensive. Oh, it was a lot. Thank you for your service. Five figures. That's big. Wow. No, That's a big spender. This is where I wish we could make a meme of Leech just walking out with a turkey like a cartoon. <laughs> the idea <laughs> of that is actually hilarious. You're doing, you're right. That's Heisman all I'm pose and I would, Listen, if I did, I would totally tell you that. But it, w- it was it was like uh, aluminum foil, like one of those little you know canisters yeah. with turkey slices. <laughs> I think there was uh, sweet potatoes or yams, and there was stuffing. And there was one other thing. Where did you take it, though? That was my next one. I took it to the party I was going to, <laughs> to share the wealth. <laughs> That's I, just smart. I, I, I got to give it to him. That's I a great thought move. that they were going to eventually throw, like, the. by the way, right. for Christmas, they did throw it out. 
Like there was much food left yeah. for Christmas. No, I was, here, I was here on Christmas. So, I remember that. I, 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 I apologize, and like I, I'm not like I'm not like a un- uh, selfish person. You're still one of the most loved guys here. Obviously beloved, and in the world too. But I, I just hate <laughs> seeing things go to waste. There was a, we had this thing here. It was actually for Thanksgiving, a separate thing, and they spent like I want to say eight hundred dollars to feed the whole building. And the night I came in to do a show after I think a Pistons game, that night it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. There was at least half the food left. It was all thrown out. No. So yeah. So like, I, that's why I went and did it. See this. That's good. I'm glad I'm I provided you. I this feel platform. bad. I thought he was going to say he's going to took it to a homeless shelter. Oh, I would have. I would have walked all, out the room. You're all, better than us. I'm talking about at least a grand worth of food. Half of it wasn't eaten. It was all thrown out. There was mac and cheese. Oh. There was beef. There was turkey. There was ham. There was sides. There was salad. And like, what they do is we have a great cleaning crew here. And you can't leave food out all night, but a lot of times they'll leave it out for us that work later in the day uh, or on the overnight to eat it. But whoever was here had cleaned up early and threw it all out. Well, we wiped the slate clean. Yeah, That's the so, most I mean, important I, part. I'm trying to be a good one. Try not to waste right. a food waster. Oh, well, All right, you get one more question. One more question. You said you had another sport. We, we haven't covered. Did you have Pistons or uh The Pistons one's really simple. Pistons one's really simple. Do, the, do that in the Tigers one rapid fire. All right, Tigers, real quick. Or no, let's go Pistons first. Let's right. go Pistons mm-hmm. first. Real simply. Detroit basketball. I wrote that long column. You complimented me on it. Oh, that, it was amazing. It was basically like Pulitzer Prize winning. Uh, yeah, not quite. But you must go to Northwestern. Basically, Blake Griffin and Dwayne Casey deserve better. How do you fix this franchise? Well, you know, we discussed, I discussed this a lot on air before the playoffs were over and, and obviously after. The way you fix this franchise is get a point guard that's worth his salt. All due respect to Reggie Jackson. Uh, you need a Kemba Walker. You need a Bradley Beal. You need a Mike Conley Jr. type. Not for the money. Mike Conley Jr. is going to command. I and love Bradley Beal. He was so he's he's not, a possibility. Not, the have to make the some contract. Moves. Not that anyone cares, but he was so nice to us when we worked for the Chicago Bulls. And not every player was that way. Oh, so now we're going off of the players are nice or not to you. Off he almost court. he Andre Drummond almost took him. Yeah, out I of never the told you this story. So when our little job as little student intern nerds uh, from guys, Northwestern, yes, all we did was record the press conference. And if anyone wasn't asking questions, which happened a lot because the Bulls were terrible, we would have filler questions. And so, <laughs> who came up with the filler questions? All of us. But, hey, so so uh, Derek Rose, what's your uh, favorite no, no, no. porn? But uh, just just let me get to the story. <laughs> I'm really into you know, Jenna Jameson classic. So stuff. we would line up outside where the visiting team would come off the floor, and when they're playing the Pistons, at one of the games. I mean, of course, they play them several times, being a divisional opponent. I think they play them four, right? Right. But point being, it was one. I don't remember the exact night, but all the Pistons players were coming around the corner to the tunnel, and. The Bulls had just won a close one, and Andre Drummond was so mad, so mad. There's a trash can right there. He full-on winds up. Put you in the trash can. <laughs> no, I wish. Cool. Six. But yeah. he kicks it, and it goes rolling down the media hall. And being the elusive former Division II oh, yeah. bench warmer. like reflexes. I jumped it. Yes, I jump out of the way, avoid the trash can, and continue on doing my due diligence for the Chicago That's incredible. What would have been much more impressive is if you had jumped into the trash can. True, true. That's and what you needed to do. The best part of the follow-up, though, is Henry Ellison. Remember when he played? Oh, yeah. Big, big, tall, gumpy guy. I was all in on that pick, by the way. I what happened? I wasn't yeah. all in on that pick, but I liked it. He was good at value. Had, yes. But all the trash had, so doesn't work out, all the trash had spilled out because Andre Drummond kicked it over like a real bleep Ale. hole. 
And Henry Ellenson, being the good guy that he is, tries to pick it up and start putting the trash back <laughs> in the trash that's, can. That's, that's, but that's the mark of a guy working his way up in the league. There were wheels on the trash can. He set it down with the weight on the wheels, and gravity just pulled it right down, and the whole thing spilled again. <laughs> but back to the, the, the point about Drummond and the Pistons, and I still believe that they have a chance to get out of purgatory. And I'm not giving up on Drummond. He's 25 years old. I mean, is he Marcus Saul? Is he, you know, Anthony Davis? No, he'll never be that. But can he work on that mid-range game? Can he get better around the rims? Can he be a factor in a dying position in today's NBA? If he could start shooting the mid-range, sure. Uh, but it's Blake Griffin was getting mad after wins. I think that in the little time he's been in Detroit, a year and a half, he has become the face of Detroit sports, Easily. aside from Matthew Stafford. Cabrera is still, he's still there, but he's having issues right now power-wise. But I think Miguel Cabrera is going to be fine. That being said, you look at Dwayne Casey. He wasn't my first choice. Budenholzer was the Bucks coach, but he was right there like a 1B type thing. He's great. He's the anti-Stan Van Gundy. Look at Kennard. He's not Donovan Mitchell. He never will be, but he's becoming a factor. You've got to identify players like that in the draft. Look at the Warriors. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, not top five picks. Draymond Green, second round pick. You've got to find guys that become maximizing of their talent. And you got to get the most out of players. You have to make a decision. The biggest decision right now, and, and Gore is his boy, he said he won't trade Drummond or Griffin. You've got to let Ed Stefanski and Malik Rose, who I believe in. Yes. I've sat down with Malik Rose many times, and I, I like their ideas about the small moves leading to big moves and how they're going to get this team out of so-called purgatory. But you have Sammy Gelfan um, and Sasha Gupta, these two analytics guys. Uh, Gupta came over from the Warriors at kind of like a mini coup. Warriors were shocked he left. That's the way this game is right now. You got to go to them and say, "Listen, even whether it's Goris or you know Stefanski, whatever they want to do, is Drummond the right guy for us right now?" And if they say no, you've got to move on from him. If they say yes, we've got to get him this and that, and it makes this team. I pray that's not the answer. But that's what you—that's the biggest question of the offseason. You've got to identify if you believe that Andre Drummond can help this team move forward, and if you do that. And you build around him and Blake, and you get that Kemba Walker type guard that makes the team better. You got to get rid of Reggie. No, no offense to Reggie, I like him as a player at times, but he's not right for this team. And you've got to obviously find ways to get some of the money off the books. You're, you're negative eight million in salary cap right now, even saving the two million with the Stanley Johnson um, and Reggie Bullock moves. And I like listen, Thon Maker, Svimaliuk, twenty one years old. Thon was a, a it's worth the risk. Pick. They are low risk, high possible reward. Absolutely. Guys. Those are what you need to do right now to lead to the bigger moves. You've got to find a way to get a big splash free agent, though. You're not getting Kevin Durant. You're not getting guys like Dan Anthony Davis. But you've got to find a way to get a Kemba Walker-type player, to get a Bradley Beal-type player. If you do that along with Blake and along with Andre Drummond, if you decide to keep him, and you, you find and identify players in the draft, in the next two or three years, Detroit could go from being a total joke to, you know, I think next year they could actually host a playoff series if they improve and then in two or three years become a threat to, you know, at least be in the mix for a top three seed. They're not even close to Philly right now. They're not close to Toronto. Uh, maybe even not even close to Boston, even though Boston was garbage this year. And obviously the Bucs are way out of everybody. 
But I think there is a little hope right now. We're going to know a lot more over the next two years. For the so then, so then we're we're going to focus on Drummond. Obviously, Jake has his issues with him. You talk. You still believe in Drummond, but we've heard the rumors that I do. That Gora said no to two trades. One yeah. of them was to the Kings. He said no. I don't know how true those are. Those I know that there's pretty good reporting where that came from. I think he said maybe no to one trade. But mm-hmm. regardless, it seems like he's all in with Drummond. But you talk about okay. You talk about the cap space. That contract for Drummond is a whale. It is massive. You move that contract. Got Ninety million. Can you maybe get someone? Can you get someone to take your money? 100%. Okay. I think there is still a market for Andre Drummond. Uh, I think that someone might be willing to take Reggie Jackson's 18 mil on. That I agree with. You have to read. People don't know in the NBA salary cap, which is crazy these days. There, You have to have a floor. I mean, like in the NHL. There are teams that might want to take on that bad money to be able to you know, so-called tank for now. And and that's that's a doable thing, too. But to be able to get even close to a Bradley Beal or Walker, you're going to have to move Reggie, at least. And then if you moved Reggie and Andre and, and Lure's salary, the 10 mil comes off the books, you're going to have a, a chance to sign a big-name free agent. But that's it's a lot of ifs. I think they're going to keep drumming. They're going to try to move other players and then go from there. Dan wow. Leach, everybody. I have a little bit of hope there. I do. I told and you. We, we do not do Pistons hope no, at all. No. I no. told you, though, when you speak to Dan Leach, you will feel better. I mean, you it's will infectious. Be optimistic. I it is. You it really have is. That I am a game changing human being. Except for when they. Super humble. Except for Thanksgiving. Yes. Except for what? Except for when they screw up your show by going straight to you and cutting out all of the audio. Or citing a source when I tell you not to on purpose. Or when they disobey you. No, but all due respect. And Faust, already a big fan of yours. I knew it right away. Oh, you're sadly mistaken. He's the worst. Solid, solid guy. One of my favorite oh my people. Gosh. Six out of ten. Trying to mentor him. He normally is receptive. So I think it's <laughs> this really pissy, like, like your mode. But <laughs> no, I no, very talented guy. No, sometimes I do. You guys are great together. Appreciate uh, that. Dan. Always happy to do this with you guys down yes, the road. This was a lot of fun. Nothing but the best. This will be by far the highest rated episode of True. Faust. Well, there's, only and one, there's only one way to go with our show. Right. It's, it's well, yeah, when you go from two listeners to ten, that's big. That's a four times jump. That's big. I'm expecting big at guy. least. 1,000 listeners minus 940. Hey, <laughs> I so I that. want, I have big, listen, when you start at two and you get to 60, that's a big jump. Huge. But no, it's a pleasure, guys. And for real, it's not an easy business to be in, as you guys both know. I told Faust I wanted to quit his job. He actually drives around and sells uh, Bibles. But <laughs> yes. he said he's got to do it to support his family. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I think you guys do a great job together. Thank you. And, the, and for people listening, because there's, there's people listening that want to get in the business, I, I always get this question asked. Learn from people like you two. Passion, commitment, desire. It's all it takes. Anyone, well, I don't say anything. That's not true. Well, anyone can do it. But the people that separate themselves from the others are people like you two that are working and doing podcasts, that are trying to get the best they can be, that have passion and want to be, you know, voices for people to enjoy. So keep that going on. And I'll leave you with the famous words that Chris Berman gave me, one of my early heroes in broadcasting. I met him at the U.S. Open in 96 here at at Oakland Hills. Write this down, Faust. Write it down. I said, Chris, I want to do what you do. I mean, you're a hero of mine. What advice can you give me? He said, be yourself, know know the facts, and do whatever it takes. Be willing to do whatever it takes. There's your advice. Audio gold. Dan Leach, everybody. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. My true honor. Our thanks to Dan Leach for a phenomenal interview. A lot of fun. We'll hope to have him on again at some point. As uh, you, you know, the man is, is he is who he is. I said it in the interview. He's the exact same person off there as he is on the air. He's always treated me 
really well and been a great mentor for me there at 97 The Ticket. Which is rare in the media, and it's great that he could open up. When you get someone with his infectious personality and optimism around the Lions, where I even say to you after the interview, man, he had me feeling good about the Lions. That's, that's when that's you something. know it's something. That's, it's that's really something. saying something. But that's our show, episode 126, number two with the Detroit Sports Podcast Network in the books. As always, our thanks to the DSP Network for all they do. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, at Ritma Faust Show, and, of course, the show available wherever you get your podcasts, and, of course, DetroitSportsPodcast.com as well. For my broadcast partner, Alexander C. Faust, I am Jake Ritma. We'll talk to you next week, everyone.